0: Welcome to another episode of You See Me But You Don't Know podcast, where we allow celebrities and athletes to tell their story their way. Hey, everybody, we got my dog back in town Georgia Bulldog, Demetrik Evans, Cowboys, 49ers, Commanders, AKA Washington Redskins. What's up, my brother?
1: Reggie, not much, (laughs) man. Hey,
0: man, I tell you what, man, we had such a good time on the show the last time. It was so much that we didn't get to talk about. This is the show for us to get to talk about everything else that we didn't talk about. I mean, we were going to talk about the draft just came up, the uh, NIL, Bulldogs winning another national championship, Coach Prime and all of the stuff behind Coach Prime. So what's up, my brother?
1: Not much, man. Just a great day in Texas.
0: <laughs>
1: Spring is up on us. School is about to be out. My favorite time of the year, the summertime. So looking forward to getting into the mid-year of 2023. Right,
0: right. So, man, so t- let's talk about the draft since that's the most recent thing. So tell t- tell us, what were your thoughts on how the draft went did it go the way you thought it was going to go?
1: Well, as I mentioned before, I don't really watch a lot of college football. Um, my kids are involved in extracurricular activities, which happens on Saturday, so you miss a lot of college games. But to just see what three quarterbacks yeah. go, yeah, um, African-Americans, in yeah. the top four picks, it shows you that the game is changing at the quarterback position. Um a lot of those kids was underclassmen. Oh, yeah. Came out. So I think it goes to show you the youth flag football and the 707. Yep. Has given these kids so many reps and so much muscle memory. Okay. They coming in college, starting freshness, being productive, and getting out of there.
0: Right. Now, do you think size is really an issue at the quarterback position because everybody making it out to be a big deal.
1: It depends on the kind of offensive system you're running, right? If you got a quarterback that you're going to get him out of the pocket, you're going to roll him out. Do you remember Jake Plummer?
0: Yes, yeah. Played
1: for Arizona yep. Cardinals and went to Denver? Yep. If you're going to play that style of football, size doesn't matter. Okay. But if you're going to try to play like Peyton Manning and stay in the pocket and read... Defensive ends and D tackles now get to the quarterback at alarming yeah. rates. You know, Philly has seventy sacks. Yeah. Right, that's a lot of sacks. So yeah. it, it depends on your offensive system.
0: And I mean, everybody made a big deal out of. I mean, Kyler was just off the chain, but they tailored that offense to his style. You know, and and I mean, everybody in the in the in the league talks about can the quarterback fit the system, or can actually anybody? Fit the system. Who's coming into
1: the league? You know what I mean. Or you put a system around that quarterback. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. And uh, so now let's talk about the Cowboys' draft picks. Since, <laughs> since you were, since you played for Jerry, let's talk about their draft picks.
1: I did see they drafted two players from Michigan. Yep. Uh, Michigan had a great season. I like Harbaugh. I like the Harbaugh brothers. Actually, they come from a. DNA of coaches. Dad yeah. was a coach and so on. So they know football. I think a lot of times in the draft, when your team picks people looking for a splash name, a name they can be familiar with. Yeah. And that's not how you build a team. If you think about the <laughs> Indianapolis coach. <Colts>, okay. <laughs> name me three guys on their team. I can't even. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be 53
0: right, right.
1: September 7th. Right. When they do final cuts. Yep. You you feel what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. every name is not gonna be a household college name or a household NFL name. Right. Or a name that you're familiar with. But that doesn't mean that kid can't ball. Right, and right. They the Cowboys picks were kind of under the radar because they didn't have a splash names. Okay. But I think the Cowboys have done a great job in the draft, as we've seen. And I did see where in the sixth round they picked at one of the scouts' sons at Deuce. running back. Yeah. Yep. So I think that was exciting. That was that was uh, kudos to Jerry to allow that to happen. Cause and of I, course and I mean that boy balled out at K State,
0: man. <clears throat> I mean, just balled out.
1: Well, I don't know who watching Big Twelve football. But <laughs> that's
0: another story. <laughs> But just to see him and the size I think he's like five, six, five, seven, but you go back and you look at all the other players that were his size in the league that were just off the chain, you know? Um, I look at the the way that the way Jerry chooses man is just he has a plan and a process, and he sticks to his plan and his process. He don't change it for anybody, you know um. But you can tell by his teams that he puts together. I mean, what do you think about them getting rid of Zeke?
1: Well, you mentioned the height. You know, we forget Emmitt Smith was five, nine. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's the all-time leading yeah. rusher. Um, Sanders. Barry right? Sanders. Right. Um, so, height and running back, I don't think, matters as much. Yeah. Until it's time to pass block, I guess. <laughs> Zeke, I think Zeke came into the NFL with not a lot of tread on the tires. Okay. And his rookie year, he he ran, He ran. toted the mail a lot. Yeah. And the second year, he toted the mail a lot, and he pretty much toted those teams. I think he probably come back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they were saying on he, may, he may yeah. wind up coming back. He's
1: not going to get the money he was making, which is understandable, but I think Zeke should take the high road and understand that he could be an all-time great Cowboy, play his whole career here, and transition into anything he wants to with that Cowboy name behind him.
0: Yep, and you know that. I mean, just playing. I mean, I remember talking to you and you were saying, hey, you you knew when you played for the Cowboys as opposed to any of the other teams. It's just a different world. Yeah, you're still in the league, but Jerry, they call it Jerry World for a reason. And he doesn't own the
1: stadium. That's that's how powerful Jerry Jones' name and brand is. When the city of Arlington owns a stadium, right. but they call it Jerry's World.
0: Right. That's right. when
1: you know you have marketing power, marketing ability, most profitable franchise in the world.
0: Oh yeah, that boy is off the chain. Yeah. I mean, man is off the chain because everybody look at the. Word boy is negative, you know, but I mean,
1: unfortunately, it, but. you
0: know, uh, now let's talk about I saw something where they were saying about they were going to re, getting ready to restructure Mahomes deal or they were talking about, you know, hey, he's not going to get all that money. They're going to restructure it in some form or fashion. Is that normal for the league when these guys get these massive contracts to go in a couple years later and restructure it? I guess, to free up salary cap, right?
1: From my understanding and being in the league from 2001 to 2011, you understand that most teams give quarterbacks the highest salary, not also because they are the most prominent position on the field. They also hide money in those contracts. Okay. So then when they need to renegotiate, they know that quarterback is more willing to renegotiate, take more money and a bonus structure, and decrease his salary to get under the cap. Okay. So it's kind of like high money with them. Okay. Right? Okay. So with that being said, a lot of contracts are backloaded. So it really benefits Mahomes to get more money up front, cut his salary down so that team can get more money under the cap. Okay. Right? And quarterbacks are more willing to do it because teams told them probably initially, hey, we're going to backload your contract, but we're going to renegotiate. If you're still playing in the high level, then bonus you out. Right. Get under the cap. Get you more talent.
0: Okay. And and so, switching from that to Lamar Jackson. Talk about Lamar. Tell me what <clears throat> you think that process went like, I am,
1: being in the league. I am very proud of Lamar Jackson, I, and I do not know him. Um, he betted on himself, and he—I don't know if he didn't have representation. I don't know if he didn't hire somebody to give him some— consulting, I don't know, but he ended up getting $180 plus million guaranteed. And I don't know anyone in America that can go to any entity and represent themselves yeah. and get that kind of payday. Right. Right. And he took a lot of scrutiny. Uh, his style of play take a lot of scrutiny, but he's proven that he can play at a high level. He's proven that he's an NFL quarterback. He's proven that he deserves to get paid. Yeah. And I really take my hat off to him. Um, right. It's, it's, a lot of people can't take public pressure. A lot of people can't take pressure from a community, from the newspaper, from the media. And he did. And it, it, it paid off for him. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's a true example of somebody believing in themselves.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is what you have to have because a lot of players make it to the league as undrafted free agents, believing in yourself. That, that's what it's all about. And, and I look at how everybody transitions into the league from college because there are certain things that you learn, but you don't learn everything that you need to know when you get to that league level. You know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, like going back and talking about Coach Frye, He was upset because there was only one player taken from the HBCU. And what are your takes on it? And how do you think it should have played out or it will play out in the future (laughs) by coming from an SEC
1: powerhouse? Man, Reggie, I'm not the right person to talk about... (laughs) HBCU football. Yeah. I don't I don't watch it. And yeah. I've never had a... F- well, I, I did have a family member to play in the sWAT but I never put my eyes on the talent. Okay. And I've never commentated any of the games. I never scouted into players or scouted into universities. So I would be lying if I could tell you the talent level. Right. Uh, Dion knows because he just coached. Yep. Jacksonville State, and he'd been in that conference for the last three years. So he knows the talent level. He knows... The IQ of those players, he can he's seen the dedication, he's seen the the growth. Right. And then he knows what the NFL looks like and he knows the defenses that we play in the league and the offenses and he knows if those kids can transition. So for them to only have one player drafted, obviously Dion knows that kids are being overlooked.
0: Yeah, and, and you look at Walter Payton out of Jackson State. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley. You got uh, uh, hand, you know, Doug Williams out of Grambling. So you, you got some good talent that comes out and it's just it, it's amazing. But I'm like you, I don't watch it. I only watched it while, while Dion was there. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, OK, all right. So so you got some football. You got some talent here. But does that talent translate over? to the nfl game i guess is the is the question you know um and and then you look at the nil stuff he was talking about now nil wasn't around when you were when when you were at georgia if it had been how do you think it would have gone once you got to georgia
1: Well, let me comment, too, on HBCU. When you think about the male blunts of the world, and if I'm not mistaken, I think there are more Hall of Famers right now in the hall that came from HBCUs. (laughs) Now, don't quote me on that. Right, But I think they could, if they don't have the most, they're definitely running neck and neck. Right. Right. Um, Regarding the NIL, yes, I am very supportive of the NIL, because <clears throat> you can't talk about capitalism in America and then get mad when somebody get the capital. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you can't tell me at 18, I can join the military, Yeah, but at 18, a college can't pay me for my services. Right. Because you want to manipulate me and say, just because I'm on scholarship, I don't deserve to get paid. Well, I'm going to use my wife for example. Okay. My wife was on an academic scholarship at the University of Houston. Okay. But guess what? She still was able to work and make more money. So nobody told Angel, oh, Angele shouldn't be able to work. She's on an academic scholarship. We're paying for her school. Why are you doing it to athletes? That's a good question. Okay. Graduation is the month of May throughout the country. Maybe some in June in high school. I would love to know the statistic of how many kids are going to college on an academic scholarship. Nobody's going to call those kids out when they go to college and do work-study and be tutors and do little odds-and-end jobs around that community, working at bars around the college campus. Nobody talks about them, right. about not making money. Why are you mad? Because athletes right. want to make money. I just Man. never understood that. You want to throw in my face, you pay for my school? You paying for those student school that don't academic scholarships, too. Right. So what's the difference?
0: No one's looking at it like that.
1: They don't want to. No,
0: they, they not. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's crazy because I remember back my first year in college, I had to do a paper, and my paper was on paying players to play. This was back in 1987.
1: So you were in the in a class with Moses?
0: Yeah, I was in a class with Boses, dog. <laughs> <laughs> the arc was parked in in the parking lot. <laughs> it
1: was, I, wrote that, I wrote that class on paper that Paul gave right? me. Right. <laughs> nah, message. But,
0: but but it is. It's players, it's, it's been that way forever. And everybody's always, I mean, look at SMU getting the death penalty for the same stuff that the U was doing. Same thing, you know? I mean, you have to give these guys some incentive. You have to give these guys some incentive to want to go in and continue to play, but they still have to be able. I mean, I talked to a couple of former guys in the league when they were in college. They were like, man, we barely. I barely had enough money to eat.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's kind of like all colleges are not created equal, and people forget that. Why do you think Texas and Oklahoma is running to the SEC, right? That's because of the, TV, the, the TV, the <laughs> TV revenue, the bowl <laughs> revenue that they share, that their revenue share bowl money and the the visibility and the draft picks and recruiting, mm-hmm. college football is not created equal. No. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> and, and that's the that's just the pure fact of the sport itself because the majority of the talent is in. Southern high schools. Yes. Right? Yes. The majority of football talent is in the South. Yep. And where the talent is, the money's going to follow. And it's crazy because
0: look at the, look at the, you being at Georgia. Being at Georgia was not like being in the Big 12 or Pac 12, Pac 10, whatever you want to call it now. But it is, look at the drafts. Well I'm,
1: I'm, I'm gonna give you an example of something that happened to us at Georgia that shows you the mindset of the of the admin of the money that's running through these schools. My senior year, the athletic department had every player who had a nice car okay. to bring our registration. And our insurance up so they can verify that our parents are, that cars was in our name. Because we had parking lots with Tahos. I had a GMC Denali truck. But my granddaddy bought it. And, you know, some of my, my, my roommate, Richard Seymour, had a Tahoe. And Quincy Carter had a Tahoe. And they was assuming that these was coming from agents or boosters. And wow. we had to bring our insurance registration upstairs. I remember that and Quincy Carter and I was talking he was like man you know they they must forgot I played I played minor league baseball like but wow. just to say that to say they were trying to get ahead of if if it was right so now those are not even issues anymore so that just shows you how far college football wow. has come and that is okay so
0: you go, you're more worried about your players vehicles but the boosters are throwing all of that money back into the university.
1: <clears throat> well, they're not or, worrying or, about or whatever. Well, they're not worrying about the players' vehicles. They're worrying about getting on probation and losing scholarships.
0: Okay, but you got, but you still got your boosters. No, no, no question.
1: No throwing. question about that. But wow. they are just saying, at least we got ahead of, ahead of. it. Up. We wow. did our due diligence, right? It, it didn't go unlooked. Wow. That just blows me away. Yeah, but that's just one incident, and who knows what. Happen on other occasions. I was just a part of that experience, right? So I know that firsthand, but I don't know about other experiences that guys probably went through who were had high draft grades, right? You know, but that was my experience. So now,
0: what is so since NIL is around now? Should Reggie Bush get his Heisman Trophy back?
1: It's kind of like the whole. Comparison with if a state has legalized marijuana, should the guys who are imprisoned in that state for marijuana charges get out? <laughs> right? Gotcha. And I think <laughs> at that time, the law was the law, the rule was the rule, right? Right. Right. If you want to take it from a practical perspective, you would say, no, that was the rule. Reggie broke the rule. Right. But if you want to come from a empathetic perspective, you're like, man, the man won the Heisman. He was the best that did it. That's outdated. Right. Get him his trophy back. Right. So it depends on what seat you're sitting in. Okay.
0: Okay. I like that. I
1: like that. And I think that. that's, that's, that's kind of like how I try to parent, right?
0: Okay Based on what seat you in Right <laughs> Is your
1: kid the victim right. Or is he the accuser Which one is it <laughs> What seat you sitting in And yeah. you You, you had to You know That's why you gotta be careful When you get in your corner Right And 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 And, and you picking sides And you gonna ride it down your side because the sure sides might know. switch, <laughs> and now you're gonna be a hypocrite. Because now your child involved, right? Right. You be careful when you pick picking sides now. Which is which is good. I
0: mean, I didn't think about it that way, because and I guess you could also look at it as SMU got the death penalty. The U, nothing really happened. Well, nothing really happened to SC when all that stuff came out. You see what I mean? Okay. So let's say this then, ready.
1: Like you and I are the co-commissioners. Okay. At the NCAA. Okay. We're looking at the revenue that you bring in, and we're looking at the revenue SMU bring in.
0: I'm gonna slide it under the rug. And we go <laughs> and we go punish
1: SMU to make an example. Right. But we are gonna turn a blind eye to the U. I like. Because they are bringing money to the NCAA. I like. Right. They getting TV contracts. They putting guys <laughs> in the league. They are putting a good product on the field. Right. And this is America. And what I tell you earlier. You can't tell me this is a capitalist country, but you get mad when I get capital.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Which, that's what it's about. It's about seeing the other side, and you being a part of that other side, you've seen stuff being from the SEC. You've also seen it from the NFL
1: perspective. But Reggie, this is the part that people don't get. All the athletes see it. Okay. They just didn't have a voice at the time. Okay. (laughs) Right. Now these kids have a voice, whether it's through social media, right? Whether it's through their play. And now they have NIL deals and they can speak to sponsors about things that are happening.
0: Right. They
1: can talk to boosters personally, because back then boosters was kept separate from players because of the potential of money laundering and betting on games and getting fines or losing scholarships. But now they're intertwined. Okay. Right. And now kids' voices are being heard, how they really being treated, and what's really happening behind the scenes. So yeah. now people are like, oh, my God, I didn't know this was happening. The guys has been playing and the guy that played before them and the guys coming through, knew they've they been knowing what was happening. Wow. <laughs> right? It's just the fact that they didn't have a voice. I love it. So it's,
0: it's almost like now you have, like you said, social media is just off the chain right now. And... Anyone that has a blue check mark has a platform, even without a blue check mark. But I'm, I'm just saying, if you blue check marked.
1: Well, I don't know a lot about social media, but you are correct. I think the problem that I see in society with social media is that because you have a platform, you think you're right. Yeah. And I think that is an issue within itself. Yeah. Because just because you have an opinion and it's your opinion. That doesn't mean your opinion is facts, and it doesn't mean your opinion need to be law. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And, and And I think people get caught up in because they think it's their opinion, and they write. They want people to rally with them and get on their side. No, it's just your opinion. And you have a Facebook page, and you put your opinion out there, but that doesn't mean you write. And half of the stuff I see that comes out,
0: I'm like, They actually put that out there? They actually said that, or they actually believe that, which blew me away. I was like, okay. But I'm like you. I'm really not that social media person, but I know if you want to get something out there, social media is the way to get it out there. Good or bad. Good or bad. Good or bad. Now, talk about when you were coming through Coming in into the league or into college and then to the league, how were the coaches then? Because I know you have some coaches that are paper coaches and you have some coaches that are actually good coaches. So coming in, how many of your coaches were actually good, solid coaches and with the NIL now, if that coach had left, would you have followed then?
1: In college, I only had one good coach. That was Coach George Edwards. Coach George Edwards left me my freshman year and came to the Dallas Cowboys to coach the linebackers. Coach Rodney Gardner coached the defensive tackles, and I played DN. And Rodney would talk to me a lot about coming playing for him and come play D tackle. But I didn't. And at that time, we had two of the top tackles in the country, Seymour and Mark, Richard Seymour and Marcus Stroud. So <clears throat> but Rodney Gardner was just a good guy. He always talked to me, spent time with me. But I only had one good coach at defensive end while I was at the University of Georgia. And that was Coach George Edwards. And I had four different coaches in that time period. Wow. Right. And the last year it was our chaplain. So that gives you Kind of an ex- my experience at Georgia, the college coaches just overall as a staff, I think they're more so a lot more controlling because you're still young and you still you had just left your parents' home, okay. so you're still in that yes sir no sir uh, that 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 mindset that structure that don't break a rule do what they say uh, don't think outside the box you run the play we call yep. you know uh, more of that robotic style my way the highway okay. And they, and they and they abuse that power because they know that you're a kid that's trying to get to the next level. So if you speak out, they can label you as being a cancer and he's not a team player. Right. In NFL, I think it was more so about, hey, we're going to give you enough rope to hang yourself. Okay. Right. We're not going to babysit you. <clears throat> we're going to see who can play. We're going to take the names off the back of the jerseys and yeah. we're just going to lie to them and see who can play, right? right. And the those who are going to play, they're going to stay. And those who can't, we're gonna give you an Apple and a roadmap. <laughs> and, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's just it's just that simple because now this wow. is this is college football is business. Right. But you're not a part of the business model monetarily. Okay. Per se. Okay. Right. They're making money off you, but you're not getting it. Right. When I was in school. NFL football is big business, but you're gonna get compensated monetarily. Right. So it's a different mindset. Right. Okay. So I'm not going to babysit you because now you got to show me that you want to be here. You got to show me that you can play. You got to show me that you can learn. You can show me that you can play and think on the run. Right. Now it's dog-eat-dog, dog, right? It's one bone, two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and Sometimes three. Hey. Yeah, and, wow. And, and, and the cream rise to the top. And I think that's the difference, in my opinion, because NFL coaches, really, the ones I had really wasn't like, micromanagers and right just always trying to control you they was like no you the ones that can play they're going to weed out the ones that can't play right
0: right wow and and I know uh Isaiah I, Isaiah Stanback was uh, on the show and he was talking about his experiences with the college process and how these coaches would come to recruit them and he told me, he said he had Tennessee come recruiting him. Well, Tennessee, after they found out SC wanted him, Tennessee sent him an offer. And the coaches had never came to see him, sent him a letter, nothing. They just sent him a scholarship offer full a ride. And he was like, first thing I did with that one, I threw it in the trash. And if you look at it now, anybody would... Tennessee's in the SEC. So, as long as you're in the SEC, you can play for Vandy in the SEC. It doesn't matter. Because you're
1: playing against other top SEC yep. schools. Yeah. Yep. No question.
0: You know, and, and then I sit back and I look at it, but I'm glad the NIL is here because the players should be getting the money, man. I mean, look, look at the athletic facilities at Georgia, at AM,
1: OU. Well, not only that. You know? But you're saying because of the revenue they bring yes, in? Well, not yes. only that, when you watch the documentary of Miami, the money that they was bringing in from the athletic department, they was building other campuses' buildings. You yep. know, the science lab, the, yep. the, 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 the Evans dorm, the Evans hall. They was using that money they was getting in from sports and building out their campus. Yep. <laughs> so let's <laughs> not act like sports is not a huge revenue stream. Oh, it is,
0: and, and I think, like you said, that's why a lot of stuff gets swept
1: under the carpet. Well, they don't want you to know because it's like it's really none of your business, and it's really not, right? Right. But it's the players' business because you're making it out their backs. Yep. And I think that's where I like the players have a voice because you can't tell me that kids in China that are 16 working in... These sweatshops right. are, and that's considered child labor, but you got a 17-year-old playing for you in the States that don't get paid. Right. That's, that's not child labor? <laughs> I'm just asking. I like it. I'm just asking, right? So which, which one is it? <laughs> right. Which one is it? It all depends on where you are. It depends on what chair you sit in. Am I the child I like it, right? or am I the one getting the money? Right, right. right? I and, like and, it. and that's why it's hard to pick sides, a lot of times because you, you got to be careful. Yeah, that you know what you're talking about, and you can stand on that solid ground. Yeah, on a 360. Yeah, right. You got be you got to be careful with that. I mean, you remember uh, Dick Cheney was uh, put his sand in the hills, put his heels in the sand. Uh-huh. Correct me on uh-huh. um, LGBTQ.
0: Yep.
1: I'm against it, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm against it, I'm against it. Then his daughter came out. Yep. And then he had to backtrack and say, well Yep. <laughs> right? So that's 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 the irony of just, you know, you, you gotta kinda yeah, it's, it's hard to be on, <laughs> on 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 one end of the extreme, man. It, it really is. And as you get older, and as you have kids, and you get married, you yeah. you, you start realizing that, right? Yeah. It, it's different. It I,
0: is, bro. I know. I had a friend about he used to always call it moonwalking,
1: backtracking, moonwalking.
0: Mm-hmm. Because now you got to get out of
1: a situation. You that just, you can sit there and <laughs> scream on the mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, I just it. It is, and you know, sit there, every time I talk to you, though, it's like, I love it, because you always tell me, Reg, facts, fact-checking, and what I'm seeing now is not a lot of fact-checking.
1: Denzel Washington said, in today's world, there is no professionalism in journalism. It's just about getting the information out there first, what is true or not. And he said, we are destroying reputations. We're destroying children. We're destroying the fabric of intimacy with someone's personal life. Yep. Because we just want to gossip. Yep. And that's all it is.
0: And get it out there. Just gossip. And, and you know, uh, I know Morgan Freeman, I was listening to something. He was, one of the reporters was, was interviewing him. And the reporter was like, hey, so, you know, what do you think about Black History Month? And Morgan Freeman looked at him, and he was like, what are you talking about? He said, Black History Month, what do you you think about it? He said, I don't like it. And the guy looked at me, he was like, well, what do you mean you don't like it? He was like, so how are you going to regulate or regulate my existence to one month? He said... Do, have you seen a Hispanic History Month? Have you seen a Jewish History Month? And the guy was like, well, I'm Jewish. And he was like, do you want a, a Jewish History Month? He said, no. He said, so why would you expect me to want a Black History Month?
1: And not only that, <coughs> not only that, let's take it a step, further. If you're going to have a Black History Month, how does, that ben- how does that benefit you economically? Does that mean during Black History Month, black people can go get no interest loans? Does that mean during Black History Month, I'm going to get automatically approved for a mortgage? Does that mean I can be forgiven some student loan debt? Does that mean that you're not going to harass um, black men and women? Does that mean that I got uh, a speeding ticket and I'm going to get a pass this time? I mean, I I get it. I get the educational component behind it. But where's the monetary benefit? Because until you <laughs> give people the ability yep. monetarily to get a leg up. Yep. Not a leg, not a handout, a hand up. Yeah. And it's just it's just a checklist, bro. It's just it's just something to say, hey, we did it. <laughs> you know, because at the end of the day, bro, it's it's about dollars and cents. It's not about feelings and emotions. Don't do something to make me feel good. Give me a hand up. Right, right. As as
0: Phoebe would say, send the elevator
1: back down. Back down. Facts. Send the elevator back down. A, I like with that. With a duffel bag. <laughs> <laughs> with a duffel bag. You know what I'm saying? Because at hey. the end of the day, at the end of the day, Reg, it's, it's 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 strictly manipulation where you surround it around advertising 24-7, whether yep. it's you're at home and watching TV, watching a game, advertising whether you on your email list and pop-up box, advertising, yep. whether you're in your car, listen to the radio, advertising. Yep. But at the same time, economically, you just keeping your head above the water. Right. So Black History Month should be tied to some economic opportunities, <laughs> some economic relief, right? You'd be like, hey, man,
0: all right, you already gave me the shortest month of the year with 28 days, right? So give me 20 I'd be 28 days trying to get everything I can in 28.
1: Right, if you if, know, if you, if, 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 you know so, something like Bank of America could say, "Hey, doing black history money. If you have a mortgage with us and that mortgage has been in good standings, we'll drop your interest rate a percentage point." Hey, yeah. N- now you giving me that's that's black history. <laughs> Cause we can we can fact check that. Hey, last yes. year they dropped my interest rate at one point. Yes. That's history. Yes. That's beneficial. <laughs> but to, I'm not in school anymore. Right. So black history, no disrespect to anybody, but yep. I'm 43 years old. Black history is not a part of my thought process. When that time of the year comes, yep. because I'm not in school and I'm not learning Black History that month, yep. All right? So, as adults, what are we getting out of that, right? Nothing. Right, right. That's a school system. That's a government. That's a federal government. Wow. Uh, type of program, right? right? Give Give the adults something that they really can see and benefit. You know, <laughs> that would be my take. If anybody ever interviewed me, or if I took an interview, yeah, that's what I would say. Like,
0: and it makes sense. Because, like you said, it it doesn't benefit you in any way. And my thing is this: um you keep your head down and you keep pushing forward, no matter what. It don't matter if it's Cinco de Mayo. It don't matter if it's whatever it is, because at the end of the day, you're still struggling.
1: but but go back to Cinco de Mayo, though. yep, it's one day. But I guarantee you, Cinco de Mayo produce more revenue in that one day with people supporting Mexican restaurants, drinking margaritas, yes. drinking coronas, yep. right? Eating tacos, eating chips and salsa. Yep. Right? That's that's a that's a that's a day to rally around economics. <laughs> they generating revenue. And they, I'm right there with them. <laughs> right? They go, you go into Mexican restaurants yep. and, and join Cinco de Mayo. Oh yeah. Okay
0: think about that. Everybody been fitting on that, especially the restaurants. Bars. Oh yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Day.
1: Right. So it's, it's when you really start putting thought into this stuff, man, it's, it's, it's all surrounded around economics, except for black history mind.
0: Right. (laughs) And I mean, I get why he said what he said. No, I I do too. It doesn't make any sense, and everybody's all on board with it. But I'm with you. Hey, are you going to let everybody that's in jail for bench warrants, you going to let them out during Black History Month? You know? No. Everybody stays in. But (laughs) getting off of Black History Month and moving forward, your league— Again, going back to what you said about how these players flag 7-on-7, all this stuff is bringing all these guys, they're getting the muscle memory in it, right? Talk about your first year running a flag league and what you got out of it.
1: My first year running the flag league, which was this January, I... Got a better understanding of the importance of organization, being okay. structured. Okay, uh, I was kind of the field director setting the fields up, and then the week I wasn't there, you helped me. Yep. And when you're dealing with children, I think the most important thing as an adult you have to realize is that you have to lay the foundation for them to be successful. Okay. So when they get there, the field was ready, the practice area was ready, the footballs was there. Yep. Right. Now you put them in a position to be successful. Oh, yeah. You put them in an environment that was safe. You put them in an environment to where they can flourish. And I think a lot of times, also as adults are the ones who are failing the next generation because we're not putting them in those environments. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. We're putting them in hostile environments. We're putting them in environments to where they can't concentrate because you haven't did your part. Okay. As being proactive. Right. I think the league went super well. It was ran well. Um, we were on time. We had eight teams. Yep. 70 kids. Um, we was in and out Saturday from nine to one. And you practiced and played the same day. Yeah. It wasn't a playoff system. It wasn't a Super Bowl system because we felt that would take the competition out regarding Blaming referees and blaming coaches and pointing the finger because right. oh that was a bad call. Now we can't go to the playoffs. Right? There's no playoffs. And the bad <laughs> calls because the referee need experience to get better for the next season. Yep. We didn't have no Super Bowl because we don't want to. Oh well, we only had six players and they had nine. Yeah. They beat us because they. We got tired and we didn't.
0: Take excuses away.
1: Coming from who? <laughs> who the excuses coming from?
0: Parents, take the excuses away.
1: Once again, failing the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody wants to develop talent anymore. Nobody wants kids to just be kids. One thing I do like about our league is that the coaches that was coaching, they let their kids have fun. Yep. They let them develop and be a kid on a playground. It wasn't this, oh, he's quarterback. He specializes in quarterback. He can't play that but the quarterback. Oh, he plays corner. He can't play that but the corner. And he got to play left corner. Man, we talking third grade, man. <laughs> we talking third grade. This kid playing corner, probably going to be a guard. Uh, yeah. Right? right. Yeah. right? Your yeah. son playing quarterback now, but he probably going to run track. <laughs> he probably not even play football. So you have to keep that in perspective. But what we're doing as parents, yep. once again, we've been marketing to... From yep. a football perspective, and we're seeing what players are making at certain positions, and now we're trying to mold our kids oh, yeah. into that thing. Yeah. Because we're looking at the monetary value. And at that age, man, I'm just a big I'm just big on letting kids have fun and be kids. And everybody plays every position. Oh yeah. You wanna play quarterback? Go back there and throw an out route. you right. You wanna play running back? Here, run this dive play. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Let everybody touch the ball. Yep. You know what I mean? Makes so, sense, though. Yeah, because just let them have fun. Then they, as they get older, they'll figure out what they want to do. Oh, yeah. Whether or not that sport is for them or where their skill set lies. But I think it was a great success, man. Uh, no, it was. Thanks to your wife for doing a lot of the admin and dealing with parents and <laughs> doing <laughs> the things that the hard part right, of, right. of sports, you know, the parents, the jerseys, the... We got the wrong size and oh, why we yeah. got to pay this, and, you know, and it's like, listen, do you want to play or not? It's, I mean, it, it ain't, we, we ain't even be doing all this back and forth, right? I, this is not tennis. Exactly. <laughs> we ain't going back and forth, right? <laughs> I love it. So, I love no, it. but thanks for asking, man. It, it was a great experience.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, man, I'm I'm glad you came on the show. And uh, I know uh, I try not to take up too much of your time, but again, we have my guy, Demetric Evans, Bless Ballers, NFL, Flag Football, Cowboys, Commanders, 49ers. Man, thanks again for coming on the show.
1: No, man, thanks for having me, man, and much success to you and your future with doing your podcast, man. It's, it's good to be able to have a platform and let you interview who you choose. Oh, yeah. And to talk about things that are important to you.
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, man. Thank you again. We are out. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at You See Me Pod. Make sure you share with your family and friends. We'll see you next episode. And always remember you see me, but you don't know my story.